at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. All right, so um, voting, uh, vote counting is underway in Ghana after Monday's uh, political and uh, presidential and parliamentary elections. And uh, we are now going to be quickly going down to, to Ghana itself. I've also got Nixon Katembo here in studio with us. He's an African affairs and an analyst and Channel Africa producer just to analyze all of what is happening at the moment in Ghana. But before we do that, I want to just introduce Dr. Kobe Mansa, who's a political marketing analyst at the University of Ghana Business School. Uh, Dr. Mansah, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon and thanks for having me. It's Dr. a pleasure speaking to you. Dr. Mansah, would you just give us a sense of what the mood is like on the ground as voting is underway? I mean, uh, 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 the counting is underway. Great. Yes, yeah, thank you. Uh, yes, uh, the atmosphere is very calm and everyone is actually going by their daily activities smoothly and calmly. Obviously, there is a, a, there is some kind of anxiety, you know, amongst the political party support bases uh, because uh, we still do not know, you know, who has actually won the elections. The various political parties, I mean, the two dominant political parties are making pronouncements of victory as expected mm-hmm. uh, because there is a vacuum. You know, the EC hadn't actually declared who has won the election. So it is obvious that you would find political parties laying claim to victory because of their own numbers or their own coalitions that they have actually put together. So on various, you know, uh, uh, groups, on uh, various you know, communities, you have celebrative moods, uh, you know, you have people celebrating you know, their political party successes, uh, but largely we do not know who has actually won. And so the larger part of the population are actually going by their daily activities, you know, without knowing who has really won. So, yes, uh, the sum, summation is that everybody is calm, everybody is expectant, and we're waiting for the EC to let us know who has won the December election. When are we likely to call it, Dr. Mensah? Yes, uh, earlier on, the EC had actually, you know, uh, pronounced that they were going to call the election 24 hours, you know, after the the vote, you know, the the, the voting process had ended. Uh, they issued a press release to say that they were unable to declare uh, within that time frame. Uh, obviously, the Constitution mandates the EC to make pronouncement within 72 hours. But they thought that they could actually do that in 24 hours, given their structures that they have put in place. But obviously, it became you know, obvious that uh, they couldn't actually do that, so they extended it. Hmm. So as of now, we do not know when the EC is going to have the declaration, but we know that constitution they are supposed to do that within 72 hours mm-hmm. i mean it is peaceful now you've got election observers as well from other parts of the world european union as well as the african union won't you just take us through what the major issues were in the this particular election okay uh clearly the two political parties uh the governing npp and the main opposition ndc had you know, very clear message, you know, for the people. Uh, the governing NPP uh, was touting their flagship free secondary education policy, uh, which is 
the free SHS policy. Now, uh, that policy had been trumpeted by this party since 2008. And when they got the chance to rule or they got a chance to govern, they managed to implement that party, you know, in 2016 onwards. So they have actually holding on to that particular Trump card. The opposition party, the main opposition party, the National Democratic Congress, had, you know, purely been talking about what they did in government in terms of you know, infrastructure base. They built quite a number of the new hospitals that you see in Ghana. They built quite a number of schools. They built quite a number of, you know, uh, what do you call it, you know, road networks, for example. Mm-hmm. And in the, this particular election, they touted, you know, free primary health care as one of their, you know, significant, you know, uh, addition to what they have done in government. So these two parties have actually been holding on to these policy positions you know, uh, going into the elections. The elections itself have been, you know, uh, predominantly influenced by COVID-19, you know, protocols, as you would, you know, you would, you know, expect. Mm. Uh, And so it was largely driven online, you know, social media actually played a key role in that. So you could see a lot more political activities or campaign activities online than the traditional rallies that you could you could see although yes they did organize you know what they call health walks you know that that could actually fill in the kind of big rallies that they used to have but it's been largely digital driven Dr. Kobe Mensah, thank you so much for that um, brief uh, update on what is happening on the ground. He's a political marketing analyst at the University of Ghana Business School, bringing in now uh, Nixon Katembo, Africa Affairs Analyst uh, from Channel Africa here as well in studio with me. Thank you so much for being with us, Nixon. Uh, thank you very much for your time. And thanks for having me once again, Pamela, and your team, as well as uh, SFM listeners. What are your expectations and the outcomes of this particular election in Ghana? Well, as a person observing from the outside, I wouldn't um, have expectation rather than uh, saying a peaceful transfer of power for to whoever uh, wins the elections and that uh, uh, the will of the majority of Ghanaian prevail after all in the democratic process that is fair mm-hmm. and that serves as a uh, an example to the rest of the continent that this is where we have to go, uh, looking at the interests of the people, looking at the stability of the country, and above all, the economic development and the well-being of the citizens. Mm-hmm. You, we heard from Dr. Mansa his take on what the major issues were in this particular election. Your assessment? I think those are issues that uh, are aspirations of any nation uh, if you look at uh, the trage- political trajectory of the continent and where we are, mm. uh, anyone on the continent, any citizenry on the continent, yearn for free education, or uh, if the state can afford, uh, they yearn for greater developmental uh, role, mm. uh, um, and as well as uh, prosperity of the people. So these are key critical issues that always come. Um, in any elections on in any country on the continent. Mm-hmm. However, the, as they say, the test in the pudding, 
uh, it's also about the issues of leadership, it's mm-hmm. our issues about the implementation thereof of the election manifestos, as well as um, uh, making sure that uh, uh, the leadership is responsive uh, to the we to the demands or rather the aspirations of the citizens. Is there is there a concern though? that there may be a resistance from from the, the those who lose to, to keep it peaceful? Often uh, on the continent, uh, that's what we have seen. Uh, but I think for the case of Ghana, uh, things are, are currently changing. And uh, I would point to the fact that, for instance, in the case of Ghana, uh, there has been some sort of uh, issues of a change. And one of those is uh, centers around of leadership. And it's it, uh, worth to mention that leadership is the question of, of uh, having different dynamics to it. It goes around the political leadership, and the political leadership is based on uh, on uh, different values and uh, value system within the community, value system within uh, the state itself, and the value system around the shared uh, or common concerns uh, within uh, the state. So how they are going to serve those aspirations and the kind of leadership that bring about uh, the actualization of those aspirations is far more important. And I think for Ghana, what we see is that the, the changes that has happened in Ghana since uh, um, 1959 when it got independence up until today we see those gradual changes happening. You would recall for the history of Ghana, uh, for those who don't know, we know only about Kwame Nkrumah and how he was flamboyant about driving the African uh, unity. Um, but immediately after uh, his his uh, uh, regime, you recall that he was brutally, uh, you know, <laughs> taken out of power in 1966, and then a, a national um, called the Liberation Castle took over uh, from 1966 to 1959. So Ghana have a long history, but I'm glad that they are turning a chapter on that uh, uh, sad history of military coups um, up to a current democratic state that we see today. And that depends on many key factors. One is uh, the introduction of multi-party democracies uh, and having a multi-party uh, democratic elections quite often. I think this is the seventh since uh, 1992. Three, um, two, the institutionalized, rather institutionalization of party-party democracy within the framework of the constitution of Ghana that was promulgated in 1992, uh, and three, you have an. Uh, the civil society and an independent media uh, being able to to hold account the political leadership in that country. And I think that they have done marvelously well on on those issues. Let's take a quick break. I'll be more. And I'll also take your calls, by the way, if you are perhaps a citizen of Ghana and you're listening from Ghana, we'd love to hear from you. 011-714-2006. Or perhaps you've got family there. Also love to hear from you and what your expectations of this particular uh, election outcome would be. 011-714-2006. Or you can send a WhatsApp note on 0614-104-107.
Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Our eye this afternoon is on Ghana elections as voting counting has, uh, you know, started and we're all anticipating what the results thereof will be. I'm in conversation with Nixon Katembo, African Affairs Analyst as well as Channel Africa producer in studio with us just to analyze a little bit of what is happening there and what is likely to be the outcome of this election. Nixon, you, you took us through slightly um, what it is that you think has assisted Ghana from uh, a really terrible uh, history of uh, military coups and so on to where we are. And one of the things that you highlight very clearly is the freedom of, of the media, freedom also of a civil society and the work that they've done holding politicians to account. Yes, indeed, those are central uh, to what we see in Ghana as a, a process of democratic uh, uh, dispensation unfold in that country. However, this is owed to the the constitution, as I said, and that constitution look, looks at uh, uh, you know when after looking at the coup, the military coups that happened. Uh, I I talk about uh, you know the 1966 military coup uh, that overthrew Kwame Nkrumah to 191969 uh, when. Uh, Another leader tried to take over and try to sort of reestablish what I call an aspect of a democratic process. And then he called the Kofi Busia. He ruled over also for from 1969 to 1972, uh, and also he was also thrown out by the military uh, uh, by General um, uh, General Ankara at the time, uh, and he too you know trying to get out of the the what he called the um, the uh, former um, groomer allied sort of uh, politics and uh, taking Ghana forward into a more Western uh, approach because he, because of that approach, he got recognized by the uh, likes of the the Western countries, the United States and the UK and so on, uh, because of the, uh, the, the national political dynamics at the time with the Cold War. And you'd see that Going forward, in 1979 uh, to 81, uh, General Hila Lindman took over as well. Uh, but it, this happened after, actually, uh, Jerry Rawlings assisted the coup uh, uh, that overthrew uh, General, I mean, Colonel William Frederick uh, Akufo in 1979. Uh, that tells you how much how Ghana comes from. But I think from that military um, uh, history and uh, uh, rolling staking over from 83 up to the democratic dispensation uh, in the early 90s, it sort of put a gun on a path of we have had these coup, military coups. Where are we going now? Mm. And uh, with the new constitution that was promulgated then in 1992, the constitution set out a key uh, framework that uh, sort of brought the current democratic dispensation into actualization. And they looked at establishing and share and strengthening a democratic state. That's one of the major issues in the constitution. It looks also at the institutional building and uh, reforms within uh, the governance of the country as well as the military so that the military do not uh, um, 
you know, run in, in true uh, coup, don't, uh, rather uh, strengthening civilian, civilian power. But also looking at uh, the democratization of the state, looking at uh, also the decentralization um, uh, of the function of the state to regional powers, mm-hmm. uh, including the finances, so that uh, um, uh, the finances of the country are not centrally, um, uh, you know, held at the executive uh, mm-hmm. level of the state, mm-hmm. and uh, those sort of. Uh, assisted Ghana in 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 having a, a liberal uh, economics that they followed the path uh, as opposed to uh, a socialist agenda that uh, Nkrumah had and uh, as as the international politics dictate of course Ghana is a producer of gold Ghana is a producer of cocoa a second producer of cocoa after Ivory Coast so you have all these issues coming to play on how but uh, on how the military coup and uh, uh, rather the government was happening at the time during those dark years of of the government but i think uh, for for the sake of of uh, our current uh, um, political systems that gun have gone out of that now the politics has become an issue based politics so you look at the issues what are, are the issues mm. at hand that the state need to work on mm. is it a uh, free education is it uh, uh, infrastructure development is it a failing price of the cocoa that in international markets are not you know uh, giving Ghana for, for value for money mm-hmm. is it the gold that they are producing that is uh, not earning enough currency for, for 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 the state and I think politicians have realized that in Ghana so once that uh, come into play and they well managed uh, you see what uh, now the democratic process is running smoothly but I wouldn't uh, not necessarily focus on that without uh, mentioning the personality of the leadership. Because personality of any leader uh, dictates how much a particular leader is going to uh, run his uh, his 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 um, administrative uh, power within the context of which he is leading, mm-hmm. and he, you see that Ghana have uh, have a sort of taken away itself from that uh, strongman uh, type of a leadership position mm-hmm. to a more people-centered. Uh, leadership uh, mm. personalities. Has you have uh, leaders, uh, the likes of the, uh, from uh, John Rawlings, who was uh, more popular. Mm. If, uh, rest, uh, may his soul rest in peace. He passed out mm. away, I think, last yes, month. Yes, and uh, then you have the likes of John Kufo, who took who took over from John Rawlings. Then uh, the late uh, jo, uh, John Arthur Mills, who took over in 2009 until his death in 2012. From there to uh, John Kufo, I mean John Mahama. From there to Nana Kufo, I don't know. You see John Mahama getting back again to the opposition. Mm-hmm. So you you have those uh, peaceful the changes of of power happening because they realize the values uh, and. Uh, 
uh, having built the strong institutions of the state that are responsive to the uh, demands and the will of the majority of the people of Ghana. Mm. What I was going to ask you is all good and well, what has this meant? I mean, we know that the world is dealing with COVID-19 and that has had an adverse, uh, you know, uh, effect on people's livelihoods. Um, I want to know how the politics and also COVID-19 has actually affected people on the ground's livelihoods. Like any other country, Ghana is not spared, from, of course, from the COVID-19 you'd hear uh, because... It, politics and economics goes in hand in hand and once you have people's livelihood affected the way you have seen here people losing jobs from left right and center Ghana also face the same issue and how the leaders in that country are going to handle uh, the economic uh, downturn uh, versus the political fortunes that mm. they have in having a peaceful transfer mm. of power and the peaceful elections, that is what is going to matter because then it allows the leader to rebuild the economy as he goes along in realizing the aspiration of the citizens. Appreciate it. Nixon, Nixon Katembu, who is an African analyst as well as Channel Africa producer here, just giving us his insights on Ghana as the counting has begun and we're all waiting in anticipation for the re- results thereof. It is now one thirty. Let me go to Uzi Lesaku for the latest in headlines.